0: Hi, and welcome to Northampton Bible Church's podcast. We are glad that you're here today. If you'd like to learn more about Northampton Bible Church, you can check us out at nbchurchcf.org. You can also interact with us on social media at nbchurchcf. And now, here's today's message. Well, I'm glad that we're here today. I'm glad that you're here today. We've been in some interesting times. Uh, in our world, in our lives, in our lives, and many of you have stories that you can share. And uh, As we look at Sunday morning often, I try to be a place, I want this to be a place where we can come and we can be real and we can kind of, as I said last week and I'm going to say right now, as a place where you can kind of come and just exhale and just, just be, uh, because uh, Never in my lifetime have I experienced, there's been moments and seasons where things have kind of been crazy or whatever, but like this is a a crazy, crazy season for all of us, and we're kind of all in this together, which makes it a little easier, but it's still, it's crazy. And what God has been convicting me of this week uh, has a lot to do with the Holy Spirit, not that we're just talking about the Holy Spirit today. But I've been really challenged and convicted, and we're going to talk more about this as we go through today. But it centers around this idea that if we believe that when we follow Jesus, that we're given the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, that our lives should look different. And not just that we, lo- we learn how to act like a Christian Christian, <laughs> We learn how to act like a church person, but I mean the fact that Jesus says some pretty significant things about the Holy Spirit. And I wonder if our lives reflect those things that Jesus speaks of. And this is not a condemning thing, this is not a you better, I'm saying that when I look at my life and when I look at our world and I look at our culture and I look at who we are, do our lives reflect the power of the Holy Spirit? Would your life look any different if you weren't a Christian? And I don't mean it like, hopefully you're tracking, and again, it's not to say, I know your sins, and I'm telling you, like, I'm struggling through this myself. Because I think if you've been around church any amount of of time, you have learned how to be a Christian. And have we learned how to be an American Christian or is the Holy Spirit really changing our lives? I hope you understand the difference. Because for me, I want the Holy Spirit to be changing my life. I want to experience the power of the Spirit in my life. Not like maybe you see on TV and I'm not talking about me like waving my coat and all of a sudden you fall like none of that kind of stuff. but where I connect with the Lord and he is transforming and changing my life through the Holy Spirit in my life. So Jesus has a lot to say in 14, 15, 16. If you have a Bible, if you turn to John chapter 14, well, we'll be in 16 ultimately. I'm gonna give you some verses out of 14 and 15 because I just wanna show you. If you've not picked up on this yet, Jesus is preparing his disciples. He's saying, I'm leaving, you're staying, but you're not going to be left alone. You're not going to be abandoned. Because for three years, they've been with Jesus, and Jesus has been everything to them. And Jesus has taught them and, and has changed their lives, and they've seen things they've never seen before. Jesus is sitting around a meal, and he says, um, I'm going to be leaving. <laughs> And Thomas says, how how do we know where where you're going? And he says, look, I'm the way. Trust me. And what I've seen and what Jesus is beginning to lay out for them is this understanding of the Holy Spirit who would come. And he says some pretty incredible things that I think in our heads we know. Like, of course, the Holy Spirit is this, the Holy Spirit is that, the Holy Spirit does this, the Holy Spirit does that. And maybe it's just me, but I feel like it's very academic. We know that the Spirit does these things, but that's not my experience in my life. And maybe for some of you, you say, no, no, I can tell you stories. And I'm sure that I can tell you stories. But I'm not looking for just a story on a missions trip somewhere. I'm looking for an ongoing daily experience. And, and, and there's, like, when we start talking about these things, you, you, I'm sure you... You begin to have pictures of what you think I'm saying, and so I'm trying to communicate clearly because I'm not, I'm not out for the, I want this experience, goosebumps, like, oh, there's the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit may be, like, I may be getting goosebumps because I'm cold, or I may be getting goosebumps because that song just hit me in such a way, and maybe it's not to do anything with God at all, but I'm not chasing that experience, chasing God. <laughs> Not that God's running away, but God, I want more of you. I want you to have more of me. And we say, God, I want more of you. And God's like, look, <laughs> you, I want more of you. But I think, and you can tell me later that I'm wrong, but I think for many of us, we tend to live stunted spiritual lives maybe for lack of persecution can we, can we say that and not, and not invite persecution? I'm sure that none of you today after church want to sign up for, hey, can I be persecuted this week? You know, maybe from Wednesday to Thursday be fine. We don't know what persecution is. I don't know what persecution is. I know what it means for people to do things to me because they know that I'm a Christ follower. And things like this is when I was in college and I was working at a factory. Uh, back then, it was only WCRF on the radio. Like, that was the only Christian station. And so... You know, I, not that I'm against WCRF, but I was wanting to listen to music, but that was kind of like the only thing, and it was—it was before. It doesn't matter. Anyway, I would have it, so I would be at one end of this. I worked at an extrusion plant. That's how cool I am. Uh, it was really hot, actually. And I was at one end, and I have the radio on WCRF, and at the other end there was the other that guy that was running the line, a person that was running the line, and I would be doing my thing, and I would leave, and I would come back, and my radio would be on static. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, I don't think WCRF's off the air. <laughs> But, but, like, that's my persecution. Or you have people that say, you know what, I'm not going to be friends with you anymore, or, or things like that. We don't, I don't know really what it means to, to be arrested because I have a Bible. I don't know what it means to, to really say, man, if I could just get a page of it and just memorize it all and just take it in and, so that no one can take it away from me. We have it Easy. And again, <laughs> I'm not asking for or inviting however, I think in persecution we find a very reliance on the spirit that we won't experience any other way. Because if we're being honest, we we have pretty comfortable lives. To follow Jesus in this culture is not that difficult. Your family may look at you out of the, like, oh, okay, you're one of those people. And that, I mean, that's kind of the persecution you get most of you. And if we're being really, really honest, we don't need to rely on God for much. And I say that as an indictment on us. I don't say that because like we got it all figured. I'm just saying, if we need something, we go get it. If there's something going, we and we do pray. And, and, and hear my heart. That I want us. To not just fall into this comfortable trap of, of, of predictability in our relationship with God. That was unpredictable. There you go. Do you know what I'm saying? That we can get so comfortable in the place that we are that we don't want God to mess it up. That we won't don't want to invite him in because he might change things. I mean, he's there. <laughs> but if we're being honest, we like things the way that they are. I'm saying maybe God wants to do something more. I know he wants to do something more. But maybe we're not willing to to allow God to do that. And God can do what God wants to do. I get all of that, but there are times that I think that we can hinder what God wants to do in our lives because uh Jesus talks a lot about the Holy Spirit. The Bible talks a lot about the Holy Spirit and what he'll do in our lives. And I'm just, I'm really convicted this week that I, I don't feel like we are pushed to a place where we have to be dependent upon the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you've ever read the book Forgotten God by Francis Chan. If you haven't read that book, it's a really good book because for many of us, we know God the Father. We know God. God the Son, and we know the Holy Spirit. (laughs) And what I'm saying is, is that the Holy Spirit doesn't really have much to do with our lives. We say that when we we follow Jesus, that God gives gives us the Holy Spirit, that God lives within us to be with us and in us, but our lives don't reflect that fact. And then I question, well, why? And some of you might say, no, no, listen, Joe, it does. Let me show you my life, and that's fine. And I'm telling you personally that I feel convicted by this because I know that you can fall into this, this kind of like, yeah, I know how things go and I go to church and I kind of do my thing. And in your notes, the Holy Spirit is God's acting agent in our lives to seal us, to convict us, and to transform us. Yet we live powerless lives we live kind of vanilla lives and for some of you if I and this is again don't hear that this is indicting you but if I put your life up against someone who doesn't follow Jesus but is a good person would your life look any different would you like would they say oh no 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 it's clear that you follow Jesus Jesus didn't call us to just be good people he called us to follow him to walk in obedience to him. To surrender to him. To walk in the power of the spirit. And what's that mean? What's that look like? So understanding the Holy Spirit. Jesus had some things to say in John chapter 14. He says if you love me. We've already kind of looked at these, but I want to remind you because Jesus spends 14, 15, and into 16 talking about the Holy Spirit who would come. Because his, his disciples probably on some level are freaking out. Like, Jesus, you've been hanging out with us, we've been together, we've seen some crazy things, and now you're leaving. He says, look, it's okay. I want you to know that I'm not abandoning you, I'm not leaving you as orphans And there's a phrase coming up that I want you to see that's important. But if you love me, you'll keep my commandments, which this is a very powerful phrase, that if you love me, you'll do what I say. That there alone, that there? That there, right there, very alone, should be convicting to the core if you say that you follow Jesus. Jesus doesn't say, hey, follow me and be a good person and do your best. (laughs) Do what I say. By my power, by my strength, walk in obedience. And I will ask the Father, and he will give to you another Helper, capital H, Helper, to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Guys, I'm leaving. It's going to be okay. In fact, when I go, I'm going to ask the Father to send a helper, to send the the Spirit of God to dwell with you and in you. But the helper, Jesus says in John 14, 26, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I've said to you. Again, we begin to see that not only is this helper coming, but this this one is coming to to teach us, to encourage us, to convict us, to, to work in us to transform our lives. It's interesting, and we're going to see when we wrap up today just how significant this is. Because, like in John chapter two, verse two, John gives this editorial. You, you probably don't remember it. But what happens is is that John says, hey, this thing happened. And by the way, when it happened, fast forward, that the the disciples remembered this thing that happened in chapter 2 and remembered what Jesus said, and it changed their lives. And that's the working of the Holy Spirit kind of putting the pieces together. Like, you remember that thing that happened at the beginning of his ministry? Yeah, well, this is why it happened. Oh, 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 makes sense. Chapter 15, verse 26, but when the, the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me, that he will, he will be the one that, that testifies about me, that you will know that I am who I said I am based on the fact that the Holy Spirit is in you, and testifying on that behalf. Really what the Holy Spirit would do, would usher in this new season, the season that we have experienced in our lives, we've experienced it, we haven't experienced a season where the Holy Spirit wasn't present in this world. But there was a time, if you think about in Acts chapter 2, so if you, we've talked about this before, but you can look at Acts chapter 2, not right now, but some other time where the, the Spirit comes, uh, that, that in the Old Testament what we see is that God would give, pour out his Spirit for a time on certain people, certain individuals, for certain purposes for a certain time. And then maybe because of their disobedience or maybe because the season was over that his spirit would, would not rest on that person anymore. You think about it in, in Psalm 51 where David says that phrase after he commits a sin with Bathsheba and Nathan's like, you are the man. And he's like, oh my goodness. And he cries out to God and he says at this one place, he says, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. I mean, that's what he's talking about, that God had put his spirit in him uh, to be, so that he would use him. And, and David's pleading, God, don't take your spirit from me. And so in the Old Testament, you see these times when God's spirit would rest on people. But in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit has now come, just as Jesus predicted, has come in power. So that those who follow Jesus are given the spirit to walk in that, that we are saved by grace and we walk in grace. We are saved by God's power and we walk in God's power. And I think what many of us have fallen into, and we've talked about this before, the trap that we have fallen into is that what happens is, is that we trust in God's power and God's grace to save us, but we don't trust in God's power and God's grace to walk it out. And I think that's evidenced by the fact when I say, I'm going to try harder today. I'm going to do that. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to. And it's that's a problem. God, you have saved me. You have rescued me. That you're the one that's transforming me. If I, my life is going to look more and more like Jesus, it's because I have surrendered my life to you and allowed you, God, change whatever you want. That's a scary thing to pray. Because God may mess up. Probably will mess up your life, <laughs> your plan. I think you need to be willing to say, God, it's not really about what I want. It's about what you want, and so I trust you. And that's hard. (laughs) It may mean that you're moving to some other state. It may mean that you lose everything. But do you follow Jesus to get stuff, or do you follow Jesus to get Jesus? I think some of us have followed Jesus in the hopes that we would have a good life where things would be okay, when in fact Jesus says, uh, if you follow me, people are going to hate you. Don't be surprised, because they hated me first. Other things that the Holy Spirit does, these are all, uh, well here's the the, the big idea again, but here's things that the Holy Spirit does in our lives. Uh, If you look in your notes, in the uh, digging deeper section, I've given you even more verses than this, and there's even more than that, uh, giving you opportunities to kind of dig a little deeper this week in who the Holy Spirit is. Understanding that the Holy Spirit is God. That he's not a laser beam. I think Jehovah's Witnesses would say he's kind of like likened to the, a laser beam. He's not the force. He is God. He is the third person of the Trinity. Look in Acts chapter 5. He can be grieved. Like there are so many things that we see about who the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit is not an it. But the, whole, the understanding of this Holy Spirit is that he teaches, he seals us, that what we see is that God puts his seal on us, that the fact that the Spirit dwells in our lives is as if God has put his seal on us. And I think about this as being mocked in, in, uh, in Revelation when the false, the, the, the false prophet, the beast, put the, the mark uh, on those that are following him. It's a mark that falls short, that it's 666 that it's three sixes in perfect imperfection, but that that's their seal, and what we see is a mockery of the seal of the Holy Spirit on our lives. He seals us, the the Holy Spirit bears witness in our lives that these things are true. The fact that you, if you say that you follow Jesus, if you have a relationship with Jesus, it's because of the Holy Spirit working in your life. It's not because you're so smart. (laughs) It's not because you got it all figured out. Romans chapter 3 says that no one understands. You're a no one, right? Because I'm a no one. No one seeks God. If you think that you follow Jesus because you're a pretty big deal, then you are not following Jesus right now. Is that too bold to say? See in Romans chapter 8 that he intercedes for us. You may not even know what to pray and, you know, you've had those moments where you're just, your, your spirit is just like, ugh, and you're like, God, I don't even know what to say and you just sit before the Lord. It gifts us, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, spiritual gifts, there's fruit of the Spirit in our lives, there's evidence of the Spirit in our lives, that the Spirit convicts the world and he convicts Believers. And then we get to John chapter 16. Jesus says these words. These are some pretty powerful words. He's kind of wrapping up what he's saying right before he gets into uh, his high priestly prayer. In John chapter 17, he says this to his disciples. I have said these things to keep you from falling away. It's easy for us to kind of look back at all of this and say, of course, I mean, it's Jesus. Like, why would they fall away? But understand, in the moment, walking, like, in time, like, there's this, 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 uh, uh, this rabbi who, who has said things, and we've seen things that we can't understand. And, and Peter even explain, exclaims, like, you're the Christ. Like, we know it's you. And then they kind of, like, in their lives, you see this wavering, like, we know it's you, but we really don't know if it's you. And Jesus often is doing, like, have I been with you so long that you don't understand? And so Jesus takes the time to encourage his disciples to build in them and say, look, I'm leaving, but I'm not leaving you as orphans, that, I, that God is going to send the Holy Spirit to be with you, and he's gonna say this phrase that's gonna blow your mind in a minute because you're gonna be like, how could that even be the case? But he says right here that I, I, I'm saying these things to keep you from falling away, to understand that God is in control, that what's about to happen is gonna shake your world, what's about to happen is gonna cause you to scatter no, Jesus, we'll die for you. Yeah, just, just give it a couple minutes, Peter. I'll never deny you, Peter. Come on. Some of you identify with Peter, I know. But the cool thing is, is that Peter has a really cool comeback story because of the Holy Spirit. It's not because Peter's like, hey, I got it all figured out, because Peter... Like, we, we can all be like that. We kind of just, like, open our mouths before we think about something, and it just, it doesn't work out really well. But because of the Holy Spirit, Peter's life was changed. Verse 2. Jesus is saying, then you will, they will put you out of the synagogues. Like, bad things are coming. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think that he's offering service to God. Imagine that. Like, they think that the, 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 the right thing, the, the God-honoring thing is to put you to death. Like, look what we did, isn't this great? Yes, it's great. That's going to happen, disciples. Disciples. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me, but I have said these things to you, that when their, hour comes to you, when their hour comes to you, you may remember that I told you that. In other words, when this happens, the Holy Spirit's going to remind you, because remember he said that he's going to teach you all things and remind you of the things that I've said. When these things happen, it's going to be like alarm bells and flags going up like, look, this is what Jesus told us was going to happen, that he is the truth, that he is the life. You know, they've had Jesus this whole time. And I don't think they understood this in big ways. I could hear maybe the talk back of like, but Jesus, I mean, you don't understand. Like, we need you. I mean, Jesus, you you, you know, without you, I mean, you're the, you're the, you're the man. He says, no, look, it's okay. Some of you need to hear today. The words that Jesus is saying to the disciples, he's saying to you that if we walk in God's power through his spirit, everything is going to be okay. Some of you are walking with a lack of peace. And I say this because I, 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 it convicts me to say this because there are times in my life where I lack peace. and instead of, But I think and I believe that if I have the Holy Spirit in me, those times that I lack peace should be very short and very small. God, you got this. I don't know why this is happening, but you know. I need to trust you. God, I can't trust you on my own. I just I, I ask that, that you would encourage me, that you would empower me, that you would fill me up. The more that God has of you, the more that you allow God to fill up your life, the less room there is for other things to be there, to creep in there, to take away your joy, to, 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 to take away your peace. I think the concern is that we don't want God into every part of our lives. And I, I say that to me. <laughs> yes, God, of course these things, but there's this one thing I want to hold on to? Look at verse 7, because Jesus has said multiple times, I'm going away, and then he says these words, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. <laughs> what? What? Really? Can you imagine somebody that's your mentor, somebody that's investing in your life, somebody that you look up to, somebody that's your friend, somebody that you have had, like, you guys have had impact in your lives, and he's like, look, it's going to be better that I leave. <laughs> It's your advantage that I'm not here. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him. That Jesus' leaving triggers the coming of the Holy Spirit. And what Jesus is saying is that what you have in me right now is God in the flesh. What you have in me is, is that I am with you, but, but understand that when the Holy Spirit comes, not only will he be with you, he will indwell you, he will be in you. Which is better by far. But do you hear the weight of what, what has been on my heart this week is that that this is what Jesus is saying that their experience will be, and I look at my life and I look around at other people's lives and say, is this really our experience? Are we an American church or are we an expression of the church in America? And I think for many of us, we have struggled through this because maybe we haven't been discipled. Maybe we haven't seen these things. Maybe we have seen them, but we kind of ignored them. That God wants to do something way more in our lives, in us and through us. But we say, God, you that's enough. I'm happy. I'm comfortable with this version of Christianity. Jesus is saying that when the Holy Spirit comes, it's going to be a game changer. And I look at our lives, and again, I don't come to your house, I'm not calling you out. Is that your experience? Is that my experience? Or have we settled for some vanilla version of what it means to follow Jesus that really maybe is lukewarm and Jesus is saying, look, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. Verse 8, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in me, concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and will see, that you will see me no longer, and concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged, that the Holy Spirit, Jesus is saying, will come and will convict the world of sin. You realize, as we've said, that if you're a Christ follower, if you follow Jesus, it's because of the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. we are called to make disciples who make disciples. We're not called to follow Jesus, say a prayer, and then live a good life and go to church and then die. We're called to share the gospel, to understand that it is Christ alone who can save us. It's not through any works that we can do about being a good person, about doing anything. It's really about what Christ has done in my faith in the finished work of Christ on the cross. As I trust him as Savior and I follow him as Lord, that 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 is this defining moment where, where by God's power and by God's grace and by God's mercy, I am born again into a new life that I'm made new. Jesus didn't die so that you could pray a prayer and live a good life and still go to hell. And again, I don't say this as like, you're all in trouble. I'm saying that if we are following Jesus, then we need to follow Jesus. And I look in the mirror and I say that to me first. Our lives should look different. Our hearts should be different because of the transforming work and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We should be different. And if you say, look, that's me, I don't feel any different, then you need to talk with God. and Say, God, you know, number one, I I wanna trust you and I wanna follow you and God, I want you to change me and, and, and I'm gonna do what my role is, is to kinda just surrender and just walk in your power and God, I trust you for the results because you can't produce fruit. We learned that last week. You're called to bear fruit and the only way to bear fruit is how? Jesus says, starts with A and ends with bide. <laughs> he says to abide in me. Cling to me, but don't worry because I'm already holding on to you and I will change you. These are familiar words. Romans 10, nine and 10, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and, and Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that no one, can confess Jesus is Lord without the Holy Spirit in their lives, without the Holy Spirit uh, really causing them to do that. You can't really say and, and, and really mean it with conviction that Jesus is Lord. I might be able to say the words, but for me to confess in the face of being put to death, in the face of, of my life being wrecked, to say that Jesus is Lord, it does not happen apart from the Holy Spirit. That if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses is saved. That that's what we've been talking about with the gospel, and that's the starting point, and that's the continuing point of understanding that I am saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. That that's it. There's no other option. There's no other story. There's no other just try really hard. There's no other other nothing. It is Christ alone. If you are not trusting in Christ for the forgiveness of your sin, you are not saved. You are not forgiven. There would be nothing that you could ever do to change that. And we say that in humility. <laughs> we say that as we say often it's one beggar telling another beggar where to find food. But I don't look at you and say, I am, you know what? I know Jesus and I'm a pretty good guy. Hey, look, I'm poor destitute, lost, without Jesus. And you need you need to know Christ. Because He's my only hope and He's our only hope. And you need to know Him. You need to follow Him. You need to trust Him. As you learn in real life discipleship, I I, it's it's there's I can't do anything. (laughs) There's my role, there's your role, there's God's role. And my role is to live, embody, uh, speak the gospel, to, to love God, to love people, to talk about what it means to follow Jesus, to, to really invite people into that relationship, to, to give them all the opportunity that I can, but I can't change your heart. Some of you sat in church for years and you heard the gospel. And maybe, like, eh, but one day the light bulb went off and you're like, oh my goodness. I'm a sinner. <laughs> wait, 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 what? This, this all, it's as if, I, I don't know, when I, when I was younger, I don't even know why I'm telling you this story, but I had issues with my ears. They would always get clogged up. And so I had, I had to get tubes in my ears. i like, I had to do it twice. So I was an overachiever. I think it was twice. Anyway, I remember like people getting mad at me because they would be talking to me and like right here, and they thought I was ignoring them. This was before video games, so there was definitely nothing. I, was, like, I wasn't doing anything. And they were getting mad at me because I didn't hear them. And I remember being in the hospital, and this was like, I was like eight years old. Everything happened when I was eight years old. Anyway, it's, not a, it's really a true story. Uh, I remember waking up after surgery and just hearing babies crying, like, Mom, like, like, what is that? And all these things that had been true and going on all around me, I had no idea, I had no clue what was going on. And then that moment that my ears were open, like, wow, like... And some of you have experienced that spiritually, that you've heard about Jesus, and every week that you're here, you hear the gospel in some form or fashion, and we talk about Jesus, and he's the only way, and and all of these things, and that you must confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and you will be saved. And we say that over and over and over and over and over, but one day, the light bulb goes on, and the spirit breaks through, and you're like, oh, no, no, I get it, I understand. I understand. I pray that that happens for each of you because God's desire for you is that you would be saved that there's my role there's God's role and there's ultimately there's your role and so I can't I can't get down on myself in the sense of like yeah I, I talked to him and I didn't save him well good thing you didn't save him You've heard the story about Billy Graham, right? The, the, this guy that came up to him after one of his crusades and he, and he was definitely drunk and he's like, Billy, I want you to know that you saved me. And Billy's words were something along the lines of, well, yes, I obviously saved you because God didn't kind of thing. And it was, I think he was saying it kind of funny, but the idea is that, that people can make a decision. We can even force people and like, hey, pray this prayer so you don't go to hell and they're still not following Jesus. I don't want to lead you to a place where you think that following Jesus is, well, I prayed that prayer and I'm gonna do the best I can. Jesus says, abide in me, follow me, obey me, walk in my power, walk in the power of the Holy Spirit to live the crucified life. Our lives should look different. And how do they look different? Is it because you study hard enough? Because I say to the Lord, God, if there's going to be anything different in me, it's because you're changing me and, and I ask you to transform my life. I surrender these pieces of my life that you need to be in every part of it. And when I do mess up, when things go the wrong way, it's not like, oh, gone. it is First John 1, 9. If I confess my sin, he is faithful and just to forgive me of my sin, to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So, okay, God, let's do this. Like, Make it clear, God changed me. And God uses our failures to change us as well. Don't, don't look down on your failures. Don't look down on those times like, oh, if I just would have, but, but see the, the message in the failure. So what this means for the disciples, this is in your notes, but this is gonna be free for you today. Uh, not that you pay for anything else, I guess, but uh, what they find is that lives being changed are impossible without the Spirit, that the gospel going forth in power would be impossible without the Holy Spirit, that the that the purpose of the power in their lives that comes from the Holy Spirit was to glorify God and to share the gospel. And so let me give you these, because Jesus says, it is to your advantage that I leave. Had he not left, these things would not have been true. These things wouldn't have happened in their lives that this, the Holy Spirit Uh, gave them understanding. Did I skip too many? No, I didn't. Gave them understanding to preach the gospel. Because the disciples believed that Jesus came to overthrow the government. They even are all around. They're like, yes, he's here. He's going to change everything. Jesus says, this isn't my kingdom. My kingdom is an invisible kingdom that you can't see. And what happens is that Jesus was dead, and he was buried, and three days later, he rose again, and he spent days with his disciples, and, and in, that, in those days, and then even into Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit came, there was this kind of enlightening moment of like, uh, <laughs> I liken it to uh, The Sixth Sense. You guys ever see that movie? I know Tom hasn't seen the movie, because Tom hasn't seen any movie, but he needs to watch The Sixth Sense. The movie with uh, Bruce Willis the whole movie, like, I, I was one, like, you might have been smarter than me, but I was definitely not smart in that movie, and at the end, how everything, like, started rushing in and things made sense, and his wife was, like, wasn't talking, like, because he was dead the whole time, and sorry, I should have told you that sooner, but, that I think, yeah, spoiler alert, sorry, but I think that's what happened as the Holy Spirit came, it was like, ah. Uh, I don't know if they were like surfers or not, like, dude. Like, they look back and like, that all makes sense now. That the things that Jesus was saying, like, that totally makes sense. And like, and I wonder, like, Jesus is like, I know. Because I got to believe, and, and I and I say that because I think Jesus loves us and he loves his disciples. And there's times it's like, I got to imagine that he's kind of like doing one of these things. <laughs> like, just five minutes ago, you said that I am the Christ, and now you don't believe anything. <laughs> like, why are you not? But now that the Holy Spirit has come, there's total understanding to preach the gospel. There's this boldness that comes of like, look, I am I'm absolutely sure of this. And some of you have experienced that in your life where you're kind of like searching like I, I don't know if this whole God thing, if Jesus is all real, but this moment that, that, that God, through the Holy Spirit, kind of brings this all to the front, and you're like, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, no, 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 you can try to talk to me. me, I, like, I get it, I understand it, it's not because I, I heard it from them and he convinced me, Like I understand it because it's a work of God in my life, that I look into his word and not just that, that the Holy Spirit has kind of like, made it all clear, like, yeah, you can try to argue, but it doesn't matter. I agree, because I'd be in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) The Holy Spirit gave them the boldness to preach the gospel. So you have this understanding of the gospel that the Holy Spirit gave, and you have this boldness to preach the gospel that only came from the Spirit because the night that Jesus was betrayed, that he had dinner, he's like, hey, you know, one of you's going to betray me. All of you are going to scatter. Not me, Jesus. And that would probably be most of us, you know. And maybe even kind of like the, the mentality, like somebody next to you says, not me. Like, yeah, not me either. Until they come to arrest him. Until he's put on trial. Until you might get your life messed up. And maybe you're going to end up in jail. Like, I don't, I don't know that guy. I mean, we hung out, but I don't really know him, know him. He says, that's going to happen. find is that the same disciples who ran away when the spirit came was given a boldness like never before the same Jesus the same Peter who was a, a denier that night became a preacher and spoke boldly basically telling the religious leaders hey by the way it's you that put him to death When not too many days earlier, he's running away, now he's in their face saying, look, it's you guys, it's you, it's you, you're the guys, you're the ones that crucified him. And what's amazing to me, and this is one of those points that I think I struggle with in my own life, is that that you see the disciples in the book of Acts were getting beat because they proclaimed the name of Jesus and they said, okay, God, it's not like, hey, God, protect me from that. It was God, give me the boldness to keep preaching even though I'm getting beaten up. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about in our own lives is that, that that's what the Holy Spirit does. It gives us this boldness, but I think we live these, I was gonna say a word that probably doesn't make sense. I mean, it does, but I shouldn't say that word. It gives us these, these non-powerful lives that kind of just, were just there. And you have the disciples saying, God, I know I just got beat up, but give me the boldness to keep preaching. They don't want me to preach the gospel, but I, I know that we need to. Because it all makes sense, and they need to hear it, and that Jesus is the only way, God, give me the boldness to keep doing it. There were disciples in the book of Acts. If you've never read the book of Acts, and you're a Christ follower, you need to read the book of Acts. They were praising, like they were getting beat up for preaching the gospel, and they were praising God because they were being deemed worthy to get beat up. yet we live in a culture that if it's too hot or it's too cold or the seats are not quite comfortable. (laughs) you see the struggle? Because we tend to run from persecution. We tend to run from being uncomfortable. But it's in those moments that God does something powerful. Like, I've seen those moments on, and it's not just because of the missions trips, but I've seen those moments in mission trips because what a trip does for many you at at many times is it puts you in a situation where you have to say, God, if this is going to happen, it's only because of you That's a great place to be. It's a more difficult place, and if we're being real, when we have a mortgage to pay, <laughs> you got cars to pay on, you got school bills, you got groceries. Like, God, I really want to trust you, but not always. I think it's hurt us trust in the Lord. I get it. I get we need a place to live. I get all that stuff, but even then, how do I surrender these things to the Lord so they don't become idols in my life? So that if God tomorrow says, Hey, you know what? We're going to take away your house and we're going to take away your cars you're going to live on the streets. If that's God's will for you, is that okay? (laughs) I would struggle with that. But at the end, I would say, God, whatever you want. I might not do it perfectly. I won't do it perfectly. (laughs) I mean, think about Job. (laughs) I'm going to praise him. Last... Last thing, that the Holy Spirit gave them the power to support their message of the gospel, that that God empowered the disciples to do supernatural things, not so that they would be good at, at parties, like, hey, look, I can make Holy Spirit balloon animals. It was none of that. It was like people were being healed from being sick, and people were being raised from the dead, and people were speaking in, in unknown languages, like I was speaking in Spanish, and I had no idea that I could speak Spanish. And, and God would say, yeah, you don't, but because of the Holy Spirit in you, you were able to share the truth of the gospel with people that needed to hear it in their language and none of it was ever like man check out those disciples it was like god is alive that their message is true look what just happened it was everything that was done was done for the glory of god to share the gospel to change hearts and to change lives nothing changes today if god empowers you to speak if god empowers you to do something if god does some miraculous thing you don't look around like all for the glory of God. If I'm able to speak and hearts are changed, it's not for my glory. If I'm able to teach, if you're able to teach, if you're able to wash windows, if you're able to do whatever you do and you do it for the glory of God and hearts are changed and for God's glory, then it really is what it's about. Well, hopefully you share in my, my struggle a little bit. On days like this, I don't want it to be a thing where it's like, and you, I'm saying, and you, and me, and we, because our lives should look different. Things should be different. We need to make an impact in this world. We need to allow the Spirit of God to make an impact in our lives. And so next steps for you is you need to respond to the gospel. This may be one of those mornings where you're like, yeah, I've heard it 7,000 times. Thank you. Uh, but you know what? Today's different. Today, I understand. It makes total sense. And you know how exciting that is. It, like, never has it been to me like, yep, got another one. It's like, this is great. Because this is a movement of God. That God is doing something in your life through the Holy Spirit is changing you. And that this is something to celebrate. And that you need to respond to the gospel. And for many of you, you, would need, to, you need to walk in God's power. You, maybe you, you lack boldness or you lacked understanding or you lack power. talk to God. Ask God for those things, that we pray to the Father in the name of the Son through the power of the Holy Spirit, the Trinity working together that we are able to even come boldly before the throne, because of what Jesus says that that's because Jesus has done, because that's what, why we say in Jesus' name. And we say, "Amen. <laughs> Never mind. We need to pray. <laughs> we need to pray. Uh, I'll talk more about the, fair, the fast, fasting and prayer, not the, I messed it all up, but we'll talk more about that in a minute. But uh, I'm going to pray for us. We're going to sing a song, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about the fasting and prayer this week. Um, hopefully that makes sense. Hopefully God is doing a work in you uh, that he needs to do, that he needs to do in me.